Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everyone, to the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Bowserini. I'm happy I remembered that intro because it's been a while, folks. It has been a while since you've heard our voices. We are happy to be back. Today's a big busy. day. We've, we've, been, been busy. we've been busy, guys. Look, so, it might planning... surprise you to know that this isn't our day job. Yeah. And so, <laughs> we don't we don't make money off of this. Someone, <laughs> someone's planning a wedding. The Gotta other one the has somehow. a new job. I have a couple of shows I've been doing. There's a lot going on. So we've been busy, but we're happy to be back. And uh, we had to come back because so much has happened since we last left you. A lot of things have happened. When we left you, we crowned Patrick Mahomes the king of all QBs, and that's the last time we were here. We said we would come back and do a free agency podcast. That was a blatant lie, and I am sorry for that, but here we are doing free agency, and also, at the end of this, the famed Balzarini Big Board. Brian, you've been stewing over this for a while. Give us a little sampling of what's to come. Well, what's what's the thing that's popped out the most to you, looking at all these prospects, going through the NFL.com, the combine number, all these D line and these D tackles. Is there anything that you think has a big chance to shake up the whole world? Oh, I think if you want a hot take on what could completely make this the most entertaining draft in the last 15 years, Ooh. and that that is the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, the X Factor Oakland Raiders. Yeah, who, by the way, if nobody's heard this so so far, is the Oakland Raiders have sent all their scouts home for the entire week. I read this the other day, and, and it, it was very bringing, interesting. Sent them all, not coming completely back. Completely cleared the room, and it, it it makes me wonder if Mayock and Gruden don't know who to trust in that scout room, it. and That's they're just what, not. Yeah. Sure, they're not sure which guy is in their corner and which guy is in 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 their own corner, and and that's never something that you want to see with scouts like a week before the draft. No. And that's bad fucking news. And my favorite part about it is it triggered a uh, hot take out of Gil Brandt, old Gil Brandt, oh, Hall God. of Fame yeah. GM uh, from the Dallas Cowboys, s- gave an anecdote of actually that happening while he was at uh, a GM at at Dallas, and he had realized that there were several several scouts leaking to the local news. Oh man, and they had put a fake draft board up oh wow to bait the uh to bait the rat because uh-huh. they didn't know exactly who it was and they gave each of them separate separate boards so that they could leak that to the to the press and then they found out who it was and obviously that person went bye-bye but that's what's happening in the Oakland Raiders uh war room crazy so to me it's it's Game of Thrones at yeah, uh, the, the, the NFL draft with the with the likes of Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden it's, it's fantastic it's the Westerosi Raiders I will say though I'm the the worst part about Mike Mayock being a GM in Oakland is we don't get Mike Mayock breaking down the NFL drafts and, and NFL he's fantastic. Network. He is. Phenomenal. He will be. He will be sorely missed from draft coverage on really? NFL uh, on NFL Network. Rather. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what they do. They have three first round picks. Correct. Correct. Oh man, Oakland's going to do something special. And we know. We absolutely know. Being all fans of the NFL draft. The, it's so hard to predict, and we'll go through the, the board and we'll pick who goes where and yep. what, what what needs and such, but it's impossible to predict where people go, and it's because of teams like 
the uh, the Oakland Raiders with yeah. their three picks, the Green Bay Packers with two picks. Yeah. It's there's a lot of movement potential, and then the quarterbacks. I think this is one of the weirdest quarterback seasons. So we'll get into more of that. I'm excited to to delve into that board. I can't wait. And that draft takes place Thursday night. Thursday night on ESPN and NFL. Wherever you look, there's going to be the first round of the draft. Balzarini is going to predict it later on in the show. He was really good two years ago. He was okay last year. Last year was blown up real fast. Yeah. But uh, I can't wait to see what he has this year. But first, we got some big ticket items to talk about. A couple of Diva wide receivers are no longer playing with their teams. Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr., the surprising one of all, were traded to different teams and, uh, I mean, turned a lot of teams on their head. I don't know where that came from. Antonio Brown we saw coming. The the Dave Gettleman move to move Odell Beckham Jr. to Cleveland was a, a head-scratcher most of all, and those had to be the biggest two stories out of this whole free agency period. Am I right? Uh, I would say aside from uh, Le'Veon Bell signing with the Jets, yeah, you're probably, That's you're probably right. One. That was that was another one. Uh, I think he ultimately, and we can get into this a little bit deeper, I think he ultimately loses out in that contract with the Jets. He signed for a lot less money than the yeah. Steelers offered million him. he missed out. Yeah, a lot less money than the Steelers offered him last year, to, and he ended up sitting out a year and putting out a terrible rap album in the process. <laughs> and, oh, man, if you haven't had a chance to listen into this, um, boy, it's bad. It's bad. It's really, really yeah, it's bad. And I, I got to give props to Keenan Allen, Keenan who Allen, on the Twitter, guy in the on, nicest guy in the world, he kind of had a back and forth with um, Le'Veon on this, and he made a great point, which was that, dude, if you if your friends were really your friends, Le'Veon, they wouldn't have let you put this, this album out because it's terrible. Instead, they blew smoke up your ass, and they told you it was great, when it's really just auto-tuned dreck. If you have, seriously, if you haven't had a chance, it's just him rapping about how the Steelers wouldn't pay him. It's literally, that's the album, is the Steelers wouldn't pay me, and here's an you album rap about, about it. what you know. <laughs> yeah, that's I guess true. so. It's it is true, but yeah, I would say I would say Antonio Brown obviously going to 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 Oakland. Location kind of a head scratcher. Um, goes from a, a a team that passes the ball a ton, attempts to pass the ball a ton, and long passes to a team. Derek Carr doesn't throw deep passes. He throws short, medium. Not usually. Not he's maybe he's, because he didn't have. the I right I think if you personnel. look at his statistics, you'll see he he is among the lower end a tier of the NFL at, at long pass attempts. Like, yeah. You know, be interested to see how they make that big playability work there. The Raiders obviously had a pretty big uh, uh, offseason. Uh, they signed a lot they of people. Signed a, they did sign a lot of people. And uh, joining Antonio Brown as a fan favorite from the Chargers, Tyrell Williams is now a wide receiver over there. And they got... They keep on getting wide receivers, and then they never work out. They traded for the kid from uh, Pittsburgh last year, and it didn't work out. They cut him and then re-signed him. Oakland's weird with their wide receivers. I do like the marriage of Antonio Brown and Derek Carr, only if A.B. stops talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. which he still hasn't done. He is still talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. How he went after bad. Juju was one of the silliest things I've ever seen. So I want him when the, the pads strap on to be able to focus and play for Oakland because I think Derek Carr needs an Antonio Brown-type player. To, to sort of succeed the way he wants to. I, I'm a little more worried, though, because I think with the Oakland Raiders, yeah, things are okay now, but you know what hasn't happened? A game. Nothing's True. happened. There, there, there's been no, there's been no bad things coming out of the Oakland Raiders. As soon as, as soon as passes start getting overthrown and 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 he doesn't get the ball that as much as he wants. Yeah. Uh, as soon as they start losing games, which by the way, the Oakland Raiders, they're they're going to be better than they were last year, hopefully. Well, but yeah. but but they're still going to lose games, they, and and they're not, and they're going to lose more games than he ever thought were was possible in a place like Pittsburgh. They also add Lamarcus Joyner to their yeah. uh, secondary, which is a big help, and they add Isaiah Crowell uh, uh, to help out in the backfield. Uh, so. You know, we'll, we'll see. It depends on, really depends a lot on what they do. This is a very much a Jekyll and Hyde team, I feel like. Very much year. so. I really don't know what to think of the Oakland Raiders. I think they could be a force in an already stuffed division full of really, really good teams. And I think they could stink just as badly as they did last year. Yeah. I really don't know which, which direction to go with this squad. And the question will be, how does John Gruden 
uh, put this Frankenstein together, you know, uh, marrying all these different kind of elements from different parts of the uh, of the NFL far and wide and and then drafting young players, how that mix is going to happen. And as he told Mike, Mike Mayock before uh, the, the end of uh, free agency, like, don't fuck this up, you know? Yeah, and the, the thing with the Antonio Brown trade is I'd be okay, and we're going to get into this theme later because i got a team I'm ready to roast, but I'd be okay with a, a team saying, you know what, we're going to take a year, we're going to rebuild, we're going to buy some pieces here, we're going to use our three first-round draft picks and, and rebuild on the fly, but this year might stink. You, that's not a selling point for no. Antonio Brown. When you go out and get Antonio Brown, he wants to be in the playoffs. He wants to win games. He wants to win a Super Bowl. So you got to do this now or else you're going to get the diva Antonio Brown, which ruins the whole locker Which is room. exactly why I think when they start losing, you're going to get the worst version of him. That might be doable with your John Gruden, but it's not doable in most places. Yeah. And, I, and I think Mike Tomlin's a pretty good coach. I, I, I think I think he, he if he has shown us in the past that he can handle those types of those personalities, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. Pittsburgh uh, kind of lost both Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. It's gonna be interesting to see how they rebound. Yeah, I I think they lost. I think they lost out because I feel like they let they let those players talk a little too much in the locker they room. They did. I, I and I and I and I even include Ben Roethlisberger in that boat a little bit. I think if everybody looked to Mike Tomlin as the leader of the ship as opposed to somebody in the locker room, yeah, I I, I think that would be a different dynamic. And I think that's what's wrong is Ben Ben Roethlisberger. We get it is a, is a two time you know Super Bowl winner, future Hall of Famer, but Mike Tomlin's the guy in charge. Yeah, not the other way around. Yeah. So so that might be something I would say if I was the Pittsburgh Steelers making a pinpoint on that. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger is our quarterback and he's the he's the the heart and soul of our team. But at the end of the day, Mike Tomlin is the guy who talks when everybody else shouldn't be. Should be. It should be that way. It should be that way. I'm uh, interested to see how Juju plays with when Antonio's not taking the number one and the safety help over it. I really like Juju, but again, the game changes when you're the number one. A lot of question marks. Um, we'll see how Pittsburgh fares. NFL likes them. Vegas likes them. Pittsburgh's over-under is still at 9.5 wins, which means uh, Vegas thinks they're going to be a double-digit win team again. They're the favorite to win that division again, which is odd to me. Yeah. But they like Pittsburgh, and the NFL likes it too. They had the New England Patriots open up against the Pittsburgh Steelers as the marquee matchup for New England. So we'll see if that sort of uh, reputation holds or if those two players really meant a lot. It's going to be interesting. Le'Veon Bell going to the Jets, though. You guys might crash on Le'Veon Bell, but for Sam uh, Darnold, I think that oh, is a boy. great— perfect signing because there is not a better dump off machine that we've seen than Le'Veon Bell if you want to be the, a second year player and, and, and improve your chances of continued progress you yeah. get a guy like Le'Veon Bell behind you to do all the things that you need to do and he blocks he, he, he plays he, well he, he when he's on the field he plays really well there really isn't a, a more complete running back in this league for the way systems are run and yeah. let's be honest Sam Darnold is still probably one of the better young quarterbacks in the league who can yeah. make that really solid jump with it with an improved cast um the question will be what they can do in the draft to, to add more talent get more get more receivers get more playmakers in in that side of the ball and we'll see what a year off does for him i'm interested we'll see what a year off does. gang green's for him. gonna look a lot better next year not in the jerseys they have though. awful um awful. dangles what happened in the other trade the odell beckham trade the giants traded the probably i mean there, there's a debate you can have on this odell beckham might be the biggest game changer on that side of the ball catching the ball in the game anymore now that Gronkowski's gone uh Odell's unbelievable and New York traded him away to the Cleveland Browns the sudden free agency destination Cleveland Browns what did New, what did New York get in return uh New York got a first rounder and a third rounder and Jabril Peppers yeah. and, and a, a fast fast safety uh, a good safety who can play a lot of different positions he's, he's a special teamer as well he can return kicks for you it's a guy who, who can and fill a lot of positions 
the Giants, I mean, it's been like a fire sale for them. They shipped off their best receiver. They shipped off their best safety. They shipped off their best uh, pass rusher. Well, let's yeah. remember, it's they pretty had much been in a, a complete and total fire sale. I mean, Gettleman is, is really just looking to the future here. And on top of all that, they're sticking with Eli. Well, let's, yeah. uh, but let's remember they had the worst defense, one of the worst defenses in the league last year. So, so you know, yeah, they, 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 those are big names that left the building and they're and they're leaders from the past. But if you guys were the last, you know, ranked defense, see ya. We're we're starting over. We're getting a, we're getting another, you know, it is true. Kind of, uh, it's kind of ironic. We were just talking about Le'Veon Bell. It's kind of ironic. He signs with the Jets and he'll still only be the second best running back who calls MetLife Stadium home. True. Oh, wow. True. Listen. We loved Cleveland last year. It's a big bandwagon right now. They were so much fun. They were a blast. Baker Mayfield invigorated a city. We wanted to see them make the playoffs. We wanted to see them win Week 17. But now, is Cleveland really going to be a 10-win team? Are the Cleveland Browns going to be in contention for the playoffs? That's a high bar. I think they will will be—I think they could go 8-8. I think that's I think that's a little bit more I think that's a little bit so more. So if you're a Cleveland Brown fan at the end of the day in 2020, you're looking at a team that just went eight and eight. Are you happy or yes. are you sad? I think so. I mean, look, Progress. look, look. Maybe the average fan isn't happy because of the the amount of hype is going to raise There's expectations. So much hype. It's it just is, and I I think I hope that Cleveland Browns fans will take everything with a grain of salt. Yes, you've got a stacked roster. Yes, you add Olivier Vernon. Yes, you add you know you add Odell Beckham Jr. He played with Jarvis Landry at LSU. These guys know each other really well. Um, you're adding Sheldon Richardson, too, to that defense. you got some guys that you're stacking up. Like, this is this is a team now. This is a this is a football team. Kareem Hunt, who's probably going to end up in a, a shared backfield when he does uh, 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 show up and play. I think the expectations, it's, it's going to be incumbent on not just the fans, but the team as well to stay grounded this season. They need I think to. they have to because it's very going to be very easy to get lost. That division is not going to be a gimme. No. The the Bengals are capable. The Steelers are still going to be capable. The Ravens with with some strong additions in Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram, which I think might have been one of the best signings that could have possibly happened yeah. for the Ingram Ravens. Ingram was a big one. Uh, he was a huge add for that team. That division's going to compete. Like every team in that division is is going to be competitive. There's a reality where the Browns are still the worst team in that division, I think. I think that reality very much exists. I think you got to just manage expectations if you're a Browns fan. I think you definitely got to manage expectations if you're a Browns player or member of that organization. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. The fact that Odell was okay going there. Could you imagine me telling you a year and a half ago that Odell Beckham is going to be happy to go to the Cleveland Browns instead of the New York Giants? It's insane how fast you know, this world but turns. I, it doesn't actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, with with the benefit of hindsight being 2020, it's not super shocking. The way things just sort of shook out this past season for him in in New York, they kind of rushed him back during the preseason mm-hmm. after he was recovering from a broken leg. The Browns you know, had one win in the past two years before I, last year. I, no, I know, I know. It's I mean, it's it's obvious. It's, it's a huge addition, but I mean, it just for. It, no, I'm, I'm not saying the definition or the destination is. I mean, yeah. the destination was surprising, but that. Dell Beckham was traded because there was talk that the Patriots were looking into him. Yeah, there was talk that a bunch of teams, if the right, it sounded like, and everything, and and Gettleman even said in in an interview that I was reading with him that he did after the trade, if the right offer came along, we were willing to listen to it. Yeah, um, and the right offer clearly clearly did come along. They end up getting the 17th overall pick and I believe the 94th overall pick uh, 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 in return. But just, I mean, it was it's it was been a tumultuous time or a uh, career for Beckham in New York. Um, it culminated last year with him missing the last four games of the season um you know after a sad campaign he had a quad injury 
I think I think everything just probably left a sour taste in his mouth, which is why he had the reaction of this is the best thing that like could have ever happened to me in my career, which is I'm pretty sure what he said. So let's stay on the New York Giants because I uh, I want to go through right now before we go to the Bells Rooney Big Board. I want to go through each of us and say what team of yours or what team do you think won free agency? What team do you think lost free agency? And I don't think there's a bigger loser in the past few months than the New York football Giants. Yeah, no, they were my loser too. Because as you said, Dangles, they lost their best pass rush. They lost their best run stuffer earlier in the year, trading Snacks Harrison to Detroit. Yes. They lost Landon Collins to a big contract, and they traded away Odell Beckham Jr. And Olivier Vernon is gone, too, also to the Browns. Listen, you can you can sit there and in a vacuum explain all those moves and say, you know what, we were trying to rebuild. We're going to give Eli one more year just because we know we have to lose with him and draft someone later. We're going to rebuild through the draft, rebuild through this. Uh, okay, you can argue that point, and I will stand here and go, I don't agree with you, but I see what your mode of thinking is. You cannot then go against the grain and sign Golden Tate to a four-year, $37 million deal and also re-sign your guy Sterling Shepard to a four-year, $41 million deal. You are hitting yourself with your right hand as your left hand is protecting it, or whatever that phrase is. You are not doing what you are saying you are doing. You cannot say we're going to rebuild and then re-sign two old wide receivers who have not been good and to that much money. You just can't do it. I'll push back on that just for a quick second. I think Gettleman's philosophy is building inside out. Out, and I don't believe he puts as much importance uh, market value for those guys. Uh, I think went up a little bit more Golden Tate specifically, but I feel like he's going to be doing a lot of work, especially in the draft, as we will see uh, on the on the offensive defensive line and and through through sure. So I'm fine with. I that. just don't think there was a market for that in this particular free I, agency, and then, they weren't going to overpay for Flowers. They weren't going to. Then why do you bother spending the money on Golden Tate? Because I think what the, are you trying to do? Because I think he has a longer. And again, we're all speculating yeah. here, but I think he has a longer, broader picture of the season. And I think he he feels that, and that's true, that the wide receiver core in this particular draft is pretty poor. Yes. So so overpaid for a guy like Golden potentially may sound crazy now, but come November when he's you know leading the year, leading the league in yak, he's done more for your team than other players who are making more money. So I get it. It doesn't make sense right now, but I feel like giving him the benefit of the doubt of what's possibly going to happen down the chute here in the near future, I think it may not look as bad, but I do agree with you. They definitely lost out. I just think it was a bad free agency for what they needed. Tate's contract, by the way, four years, $37.5 million. They did also sign Marcus Golden, uh, an edge rusher from the uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals, try and fill that gap uh, uh, that left by Olivier Vernon. It's just sitting there and you get Jabril Preppers in the trade to go younger for your safety, but I mean, it's like if you look at the NBA, a team like the Charlotte Hornets or a team like the Washington Wizards, they are always in the middle. They always get that seven or eight seed in the NBA playoffs, so they make the playoffs, but they never do anything because they never bottom out to get a great player and they never top out because no one wants to go there. You don't want to be in the middle land. You don't want to be in the deadly middle ground in the NFL, and that's what New York, to me, is forcing themselves to do. They're going to be just good enough to not be the worst team in the league but never be a threat in the playoffs. Dangles, you also had them as your loser. Do you have anything else to add on this terrible New York Giants team? Uh, no, I think it, it more more or less has all been said. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Jabril Peppers is young and talented, but it's yet to be seen whether that parlays over to year-to-year success. They still He's don't have, specific. They still don't have a downfield threat. Um, a really, I mean, Sterling— How- Shepherd's How is Sterling Shepard worth ten million a year? I don't. I don't understand that. I don't. I don't know. 
Um, maybe they see something in him that nobody else does. His dad was an more NFL than Larry player. Fitzgerald. He's cut from good NFL timber. I don't know. I don't know what else. I mean, he went to you know he was from Oklahoma. I don't know what else you say about the guy. Golden Tate's not a deep threat. They don't have a deep threat on the team. Evan Ingram had a terrible season last year. Saquon Barkley is pretty much. That's he's it. he's all you got if you're That's a Giants it. fan. Uh, Brian, who did you have losing free agency? Uh, one of the teams that I thought really kind of missed the ball this uh, particular offseason was was the Washington Redskins. Yeah. I thought the Washington Redskins went into the free agency with a clear need at quarterback. And not that they there was anybody out there worth worth the time and the energy and the money that was going to be thrown around at people like what Joe, happened to Joe Flacco uh, in Denver, but ended up getting... I think more question marks than a guy like Case Keenum. Yeah, and to me, for the for the Washington Redskins to maybe miss out on on a Josh Rosen, I think is who have by the way they at one point they were rumored to give up a second round draft pick for Josh Rosen. I think would have been a huge free agency move for them. I think yeah. it would have transitioned into a future where people fans and I've heard Washington's a very difficult market to to get free agents to. Well, having a guy like Josh Rosen at least in your in your locker room gives some. Give some credibility to to the coaching staff and to the to the to the idea that we're building towards a certain future. Yeah. Having Alex Smith, who's probably not going to be playing this year, yeah. um, sitting back there, and then coming out publicly and saying Colt McCoy is your guy, and yeah. then turning around and drafting or uh, uh, trading for Case Keenum, it to me it just kind of reeks of of inefficiency that, that and, team, and yeah that team is run very poorly that and and that's a problem so if you're if you're a team that needs help in free agency and you're but you're showing me and showing your hand that you yeah. don't know what you're doing i've lost all confidence in you yeah. and i'm not gonna i don't care how much money you throw at me yeah i'm gonna be teddy bridgewater i'm gonna tell you to go fuck off and, yeah. and go back and sit behind a uh uh, another player because there's there is a there's a premium on being on the right at the right on the right team at the right time. Yeah. And Washington looks like a dumpster fire and they nothing really do. and nothing's changed. So I, I would put the Washington Redskins in that category. They really do. Before before we move on, I do want to talk about one QB that went to a new team. What do you think Nick Foles does in Jacksonville? I, I was by the way, I was just going to say I think Nick Foles is the winner of free agency. You, the clear winner. Of free oh, agency? I, to me he is because he got exactly what he wanted. He did. He got his money. He got a starting job, and he got a team that, by the way. For all intents and purposes, if ha- if it has a quarterback, it it can fly. That defense can win you games, and, and, and we've he, seen we've seen what we've seen what they're capable of. Yeah. They've got they've got an excellent linebacking core anchored by Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. They've got yeah. very very capable secondary players. They've got a, a strong front defensive four. Jalen Ramsey's about to get the contract of a lifetime. So Maybe. young Marquise Lee should return this year. He went out early last year with yeah. an injury, and obviously with with uh, D.D. And the West, seventh year, D.D. And, and the seventh, seventh overall pick coming around. Yeah. You're gonna have you're gonna have a lot to, be fun. a could lot be fun to work with. In Jacksonville, I think, and Nick Foles, assuming that he continues to play well, because yeah. who and, knows, he could crumble. And DeFilippo, your your former offensive, your or your, rather your quarterback yes, coach, yes, is now is now your offensive coordinator. Yeah, he, to Nick Foles just walked into you were, yeah. the high five. A great, of, deci- a great situation. Yes. I'm happy for him. The I high hope, five of all high fives in free agency. I hope that Did we have free agency winners? Oh, we're doing that next. Oh, okay, good. good. I just wanted to talk. We'll segue we, into one person. I wasn't sure you, you yeah, kept no, mentioning no, the big board. I was worried we, we weren't going to get to winners because I think my winner is going to surprise a lot of people. We didn't talk about. Uh, we didn't talk about Nick Foles yet. I just wanted to, you know, make no, it no, known no. that I'm that glad man, we did. I'm he, glad he we signed did. a monster contract. Good for Big Dick Nick. My winner, though, 
Uh, and this is going to make one person here happy. My winner is the Detroit Lions. I thought De- really? I thought Detroit last year had one of the worst years you could have. I thought they were ripping each other apart beginning of the season. But near the end of the season, you started to see that the coach was going to take a while to get his team under him, and the people that were against him, see you later, walk out the door. There's a reason why Ziggy Ansah ain't on a team in the NFL right now. Uh, the, the players that they signed, though, they signed Trey Flowers to such a huge amount of money. He's going to be paid. He's going to be the second highest paid player in the whole NFL next year. But I get it. But Oddly, he drops to like the yes. fifth or sixth, like and in the, the third year. So it's a weird, it's exactly. a weird situation. But it, it, you have to overpay to get people to come to the awful city of Detroit, and 100%. they made moves to do it. Getting Justin Coleman out of Seattle, who is a very good cornerback at OK Money. Jesse James, the uh, the ten, uh, the tight end from Pittsburgh, a little bit of an overpay, but you you fill the need. And again, Danny Amendola is not going to uh, surprise anybody. But getting him at one year, four point five million, is a is a weapon for Stafford. Would you rather have Golden Tate for double the money? in four more years, or would you rather take a flyer on a veteran Danny Amendola who's who played under your coach before? Like, that's what I'm saying. They made a lot of moves that every time I saw their a name come across the ticker under Detroit signing, I went, that makes sense. That makes sense. C.J. Anderson is now a Detroit Lion for chump change. They made big price signings in Trey Flowers. They also got the chump change guys. I think it was a very New England attitude with a little bit of flair to get the big guys you wanted. I love what Detroit did. Uh, Dangle said he has a surprise. We'll save him for last. Brian, who do you think won free agency? That's so funny because I'm going to say it's the Green Bay Packers. Yeah! I think the Green Bay Packers. Uh, those are both good picks. I like both of y'all's picks. They were they were up there for me as well. I think both, team, both of those teams had excellent free agency. I don't think you can say a bad thing about what Green Bay Bay did. I think Green Bay brought guys into the locker room uh, in in the form of Ed, Ed, Ed Rushers, Darius Smith, and Preston Smith, as well as uh, the bear safety Adrian Amos, who I think is going to be the steal. And he's so young. Steal of the free agency um, at safety uh, coming from the Bears for the for the Green Bay Packers. I like the fact that a young coach and Matt Lafleur was able to get guys at a good value at the right time in their career when they're peaking and and not overpaying them. And now they have just absolutely transformed their front front uh front four on the defensive line and and now as a Detroit Lions fan I'm thinking wow this could be a completely different team because where was it lacking last year it was there was a lot of underperforming on that defensive line yes uh and, and the linebacker core yes. and it, and it kind of just affected everybody else so now they've added pieces at every single level and it and, and have solidified that getting Aaron Rodgers back potentially getting a young guy in, in, in or young guys in the in the draft yep. who can come in and help Aaron on that side of the ball you have a completely improved Green Bay Packers team who's got to keep up with the likes of the Chicago yes. Bears, Minnesota Vikings, and now the Detroit Lions too. Now looking at this again, just to put another another shovel full of dirt on the New York Giants signing, I'm looking at what Green Bay lost. Green Bay lost Randall Cobb. He went to Dallas for one year, $5 million. So again, I ask you, would you rather have Randall Cobb for half the money or Golden Tate for four more years and double the money? I don't know the answer to that. I know what I would say though. Yeah. Dangles, who wins free agency? Uh, the Buffalo Bills had a oh, really love solid it. free agency, Great pick. I think. Look, they did not make signings that are going to um, win them a Super Bowl. They didn't make signings. Maybe that you're even going to make them a playoff team. But Cole Beasley and John Brown jump into that wide receiving core with Robert Foster, who had a breakout second half of 2018, and Zay Jones, who caught seven touchdowns last year and is uh, breaking out, uh, emerging as a wide receiver on that roster. They signed Tyler Croft to help at the tight end position. They signed Mitch Morse away from Kansas City to help on that offensive line. And you add Frank Gore, a guy who is, you know, only top. Who was ageless and only top five in all time rushing yards. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a nice compliment, I think, to Shady. They got an old backfield. Um, <laughs> but look, I think this 
it all adds up to more options for Josh Allen. They're going to have defenses are going to have to play the Bills receivers honestly this year. Cole Beasley is one of the best slot wide receivers that defenses are going to have to play them honestly. And that's going to leave Josh Allen more open to run the ball himself, hand the ball off to Shady McCoy and, and Frank Gore, assuming that they both stay healthy. Um, and that defense is already very formidable. Guys, this was a six win team last year, like, the, and they finished third in the AFC East. Um, I very much see this team being capable of sneaking. If they could sneak in on a on a wild card spot two years ago, they could sure as shit get themselves a playoff spot with the additions that they've it's made in this offseason. It's kind of like an island of misfit toys over there. It really but is. Like it. And it's going to depend on how they all come together. And yeah. can Sean McDermott get them to play together? And can everybody get behind Josh Allen and go, hey, we got a squad here. Our defense is legit. And we've added some weapons on offense. And sure, they're not world beaters. They're not the marquee names that maybe Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. are, but they're going to fill some holes on the offense because there were no weapons pretty much last year for Josh Allen. He had to do it almost entirely himself, and I think this gives him some options. Again, not the flashiest signings, not the biggest bells and whistles, but I think it's going to help. Okay. That's it for free agency. That's our quick roundabout wrap-up. I cannot wait. We still have 17 months before the NFL season begins, but once it does, I'm excited to see these new teams <laughs> take not hold. That far. Uh, but let's move on now to a thing that's only a couple days away, fellas. Thursday night is the first round of the NFL draft, and after this break, we're going to the best draft consultant that I can get into this studio, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini. Let's do the Ballerina's Big Board right after this. Woo! Left Coasters. And welcome to the NFL Draft. We celebrate the great game that we all love. And we celebrate as NFL dreams come true. So it sounds like you're ready. Are you ready? The NFL Draft is officially open. Oh, thank you, Roger. Here Boo! we are. Boo. Here we are. This pumping The NFL hard. draft Boo, is you useless set clown to begin. sack of shit. Okay, so uh, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, this is his Super Bowl. He loves the draft more than anyone I know, and he has spent countless hours breaking down the first round of the NFL draft and is ready to give you every pick that will be made on Thursday night. Two years ago, he got more right than every Mel Kuyper, Todd McShea, NFL Network guy, all of them. He got more right than all of them. He's going to do it again this year. I will say before we start, uh, Dangles and I last year kind of screwed him over by picking our individual team's picks. This year, we're not going to do that. We're going to give the whole floor to Brian, and we're just going to pepper him with questions. And also, Brian... I know that every every draft year there's some trades involved that dive in and messes up the whole thing. Do you have any trades built into your mock draft, or are you just going as the order is? I don't, actually, because last year we did the trades, if, if, and that messed, up and that messed everything yeah. up. I think if you're going to try to guess too much, I think it ends up kind of taking, A, the fun out of it, and yeah. B, you actually might— your, your gut instinct probably is right regardless of where they trade up to get yeah. somebody. And we did say that you think Oakland has a chance to blow this whole draft up. I know Green Bay has a lot of picks, but do you think New England can do anything? They are known for not making any moves up, but rather moves back. This year, though, they have 12 overall picks. They don't even have enough roster spaces to put those 12 players. And they also have three third-round picks. There's some juice in there for them to move up and try to take somebody. Do you see New England making any move up whatsoever? Going 100%. against the grain. 100%. I you know, it's very uncommon for for uh, Bill Belichick to have that philosophy, but Bill is also somebody who values 
value. Yeah. And I think if he finds somebody who's slipping, because they're really far down. I mean, they're not. Yeah. You know, they're they're not they're not number seven and yeah. fifteen. So they're they're still at the bottom of the barrel. But I feel like rounding fifteen, rounding twenty. Yeah. If they're seeing a guy uh, that they feel is going to be of super good value, especially come contract time. Yeah. In a couple of years, because let's all remember the first round is reserved for four year draft, four year uh, um, deals, deals yeah. with a five year option. Yeah. So if he finds that there's going to be a position that usually is pretty expensive, and he yeah. finds the right cal, and he feels like this person is the right caliber of of character and skill set. Don't doubt for one second he jumps up and he gets a position of need. And we know what those positions are based yeah. off of the, the leaving of Gronk, leave, losing guys like J, uh, like Flowers to, to free agency. They've got vacancies, and there are plenty, plenty of gems that could fall their way. I think tight end is probably first on that needs list for them. We know how much Tom Brady likes to rely on his tight end and lean on them. I would not be shocked. I mean, I, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them try and move up and take a TJ Hawkinson or a Noah Fant in the, in the first round. We shall we see. We shall see what happens but first up is the uh the the worst kept secret in the nfl right now it's such a badly kept secret that i think everyone's pulling the wool over my eyes and they're actually going to swerve us but the first pick is the arizona cardinals and i do believe we are ready for a pick the arizona cardinals with the first pick select kyler murray quarterback oklahoma okay this is going to be fun. I've been waiting for this to happen since Kyler Murray was an Oakland A. But let me ask you, Brian. Yes. Regardless of what you think of what they have to give up, what they have to do to make this selection, or what their mindset is, do you think Kyler Murray can be a successful quarterback worthy of the number one overall pick? 100%. Kyler Murray comes out of Oklahoma almost exactly ranked as high as Baker Mayfield in a lot of major metrics. Yeah. That includes... Throws in a clean pocket, throws under pressure, throws under rest, throws on the run, throws uh, off off balance. Yeah. Um, the the plurality of his skill set puts him higher than almost every other quarterback ranked, uh, other than Baker Mayfield in the last probably seven to eight years. Kyler Murray is a clean prospect. Yeah. He is a uh, he he is a talent that has been uh, rare since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean there there were there were videos of him surfacing out of high school he didn't lose a game he won three state championships in in the state of texas i mean this guy is is folklore level so you're getting somebody who's actually been chiseled by our 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 local and and national uh media so he understands the pressures that are going to come with coming into arizona and having to take over a team that isn't frankly very good Mm -hmm. and and he comes in with you know, with with experience at Oklahoma, running an offense, and and remember that Cliff Kingsbury has coached Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Um, it, you know, recruited Kyler Murray. I think there is too much opportunity here for there to be a uh, 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 success based off of what needs to be done in Arizona. And quite frankly, I love Josh Rosen. We've talked about it. I yeah. love Josh Rosen. I think if Josh Rosen goes into a different situation i think his career will be better too yeah i don't know if this is the best situation and they've got to strike while the iron's hot remember arizona any other team drafting at number one they could be drafting number one next year yeah and that's okay because guess what who did that last the cleveland browns yeah and what are we talking about the cleveland browns so i think the arizona cardinals should take the guy that they think for the next 10 years will be the staple and if kyle murray's that guy which i think he is you do it i can't wait i hope it happens so next up oops. and if you and if you have two quarterbacks on the roster who cares? 
Like, I, don't not, see, I don't see that's a not world. Ideal. Yes, I that's not ideal. It's not. I don't see a world where it would be a waste of an asset for them to keep him on. The, even if they do take Kyler Murray number one overall and you do have a situation where Murray and Rosen are both on that team, my next step if I'm the GM is I'm starting making calls. I'm starting to make calls to, to, to teams if they're not coming in already and going, see, how much do you want for Josh my, Rosen? My question is, is when do the returns start to diminish? When is that natural arc? When do you hit the peak of this is the best offer I'm ever going to get? Because if you keep on waiting and waiting and waiting, does the valley start to go down? Or maybe somebody gets well, hurt that, in the preseason that's what makes the valley a, moves that, back That's up. what separates a good GM from a great yeah. GM is being able to identify that offer when it comes along. I can almost answer that from what I've heard and, and that being that in the zeitgeist of everything, it, it happened probably about a week ago. Yeah. Because as soon as they got closer and nobody's given them that offer that they would take in a second, it kind of makes everybody else in the room look around and kind of go, I don't think I, – I, I don't – I think they want more, and yeah. I'm not. I think they've kind of reached the market. I think they would have taken the deal yesterday if they got the deal they wanted, and that is a first-round draft pick. That, and I don't think anybody, including a team like New England, who is sitting at 32, the last pick in the first round, yeah. is going to give up a pick for Josh Rosen. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So I, I think they should be an interesting place for him to land. It would be a great place for him to land, but I don't think his value is there based yeah. off of what value is coming out of this draft. I personally think that the, if they got a second-round offer from a team like Washington, which apparently gave them that offer, I would have taken that in a split so, second. Dangles, they, they're picking 32 because... Why exactly? Why is New England picking last? Oh, because the... we're the Super Bowl ah, motherfuck right. champions, yeah, right, baby. Right. So no. let's go to the number two pick because I want to know, San Fran to me is in the catbird seat. If they think Kyler's going first, they pretty much have the first overall pick. They only have six picks in this draft. they got to make this one count. And they have a team that Vegas assumes is going to be better than 500 next year, according to the NFL over-unders with Jimmy G coming back. There's a big pick for them. Who do you have San Fran taking at two? I have San Francisco taking... Defensive end Nick Bosa, Ohio State. Not Quinnen Williams. No, I do not have them taking Quinnen. I this is one of the hardest picks that I had because yeah. I I think Quinnen Williams could and very is on most people's boards the first overall best yeah. player. Yeah. So why is San Francisco passing on the best player in the draft? Well, only because Nick Bosa is one. If he's one A, Nick Bosa is one B. Yeah. So I, I I think he's more of a scheme fit. I think. Quinnen Williams is good, but they don't need Quinnen Williams. Mm -hmm. They need Nick Bosa. And defensive ends are the kind of guys that you want to pay that kind of money to. Yeah. Maybe not a defensive tackle. Because if he was the if, if that money was there, the Arizona wouldn't waste their time thinking about Kyler Murray if the if the defensive tackle was that primary of a yeah. position. If you look at most defensive tackles that have been taken in the top three, most of them are not with their same teams. Gerald McCoy might be the rare, and yeah. apparently he's going to be shuffled off before this draft is over. So I think the the value at that position and the need is so prescient for the San Francisco 49ers right now because they have DeForest Buckner. They they, yeah. they do have Solomon Thomas. They do have these pieces on the defensive line. Having a guy like Nick Bosa takes the next level. That'd make that defensive line so scary. Not to mention in a, in a division that is extremely difficult in a conference that is 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 still, you know, full of high-flying young passers. You need somebody to get off the after the quarterback, especially the most athletic quarterbacks potentially in the league. Nick Bosa, San Fran, 49er. Up next, third overall pick, the New York Jets with their shitty new uniforms. Also only six picks in this draft. Is this where Quinnen goes? No, I have them selecting Josh Allen, wow. outside linebacker from Kentucky. A Kentucky football player. And let me explain this one just in context because Greg Williams is their new defensive coordinator. Yes. Greg Williams likes to play that 34, you know, guys flying all over the place, Miles Garrett type players. 
when you look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen was the two-time, two-time defensive player of the year in the NCAA. Not Quentin Williams, Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen is the rare fit in this position for the New York Giants because they need an edge player so bad, but a specific edge player. Mm-hmm. If Nick Bosa falls to the to the New York Jets, they're happier than shit. They fall back into that Sam Darnold mode where they're like, we can't believe he got here. Yeah, exactly. So, so I have no problem with Nick Bosa going here if he slips, but they're picking the best edge rusher Josh because Allen. that's what they need, and Josh Allen is that guy. It hasn't been that long since another Kentucky player went in the first round. Bud Dupree in 2015, drafted by the Steelers. He was also a linebacker, last Kentucky guy uh, to go first round before that uh you got to go back to 2003 Dwayne Robertson got drafted by the Jets out of Kentucky and then a guy you might be familiar with in 1999 the only wild or the last Wildcat to go first overall Mr. Couch Tim Couch Mr. (laughs) Mr. Couch all right so the Oakland Raiders and their many first round picks come up next they are fourth overall with their three first round picks they only have eight all day so these first round picks are going to mean a whole lot and there's still a big name on the board. Who does Oakland take? No doubt, Quinnen Williams, yeah. defensive tackle, Alabama. Sure, they would if be so happy with this. Them. Would be this would be the start of a great, great, great draft for Mike Mayock. Yeah, and John Gruden would have to be happy with him yeah. if this is how. And I think they're in a position for this person to fall to them. Yeah, um, because I think a it's a need. It, you know, it's the Raiders are cleaning house, and they need more bodies on that defensive line. Um, they they did well last year with Maurice Hurst, who was a very good talent but had some issues. But having Quinnen Williams now, you've got a high-character guy comes from a very complex scheme in Alabama who nobody could fucking block in the SEC. Yeah. So you've got exactly what you want is you got that anchor for your defensive line. You have just made your team exponentially better, and yeah. it's, it's a no-brainer if Quinnen Williams falls to number four. Now, number five is a very interesting spot to me because, again, I think uh, Kyler is going first overall to Arizona, and I think the three guys we just named are clear and away, in my Tony Cavallo opinion, the best defensive players in this draft. And I think it's a slight drop off after this. So Tampa Bay is sitting here at, five, at fifth overall. If one of those names that we just mentioned falls, Tampa Bay is very happy. If they don't fall and they go the way the ballerina predicted, I think Tampa Bay gets a lesser player and has to reach just a little bit to get a guy. Who do you have Tampa Bay taken? I th- this guy is my favorite guy in the draft. Ooh. If he were to slip down to my lines, I would be the happiest camper, and I know Matt Patricia would streak naked you know, <laughs> through, through the streets of Detroit. And that is Devin White, linebacker from LSU. Yeah, people like this guy. Tampa Bay would become an exponentially better team overnight and would compete in that a- in, in that NFC South with with a guy like him. Yeah. People compare him to Roquan Smith because Roquan Smith, uh, for all you fans out there, was the middle linebacker who got drafted eighth out of uh, um, um, Georgia last year. Went to Chicago, had a Pro Bowl level year, and didn't even and didn't even make it through camp. He was signed late. Devin White is that kind of guy. In fact, some would say Devin White's a better coverage linebacker than Roquan Smith and still has the same blitz and and tackling ability. Yeah. The thing that he's got to get better at is just is just simply play recognition, but yeah. he'll get that over time. So number six is the New York Giants. They have 12 picks in this draft. And I, think this I know is, where you're going here. <laughs> I, I like this I don't think spot you do. for them, but New York, Giants, surprise you. New York Giants have a lot of needs, and Eli Manning is still their quarterback. I think they're reaching if they take a quarterback in this spot. Brian, who do you have? 
I've got, I've got, I've never seen this in anybody's mock draft. So I preface that this is a Belzerini hot take. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a perfect fit for a need that is trying to build inside out. I would love them to take Devin Bush inside linebacker, Michigan. Wow. Because first of all, they don't have that leader on the other side of no, the ball. No, they don't. Not anymore. They, they don't have anybody. So you've got to start with the with what's available to you. And if Quentin Williams falls to the New York Giants, they take him in exactly, a heartbeat. Yeah. If 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 Josh Allen drops, you pick him in a heartbeat. But in this case, I think Devin Bush is the quarterback of the defense and, and, and has the pedigree. His father was an NFL player. Gettleman loves guys of former former NFL players. Uh, he proved it in a, in a very complex scheme in, in yeah. Michigan. Michigan players tend to do well for the Giants. Um, and, and I also believe Devin White, being a sideline-to-sideline guy, a coverage linebacker, that is so rare at this level to have a guy who can blitz. He might be a better blitzer than Devin White, but a guy who can also cover— He's a little lean. He's usually yeah. under. He's usually under 240. Um, I saw him get blown up against Ohio State, yeah, but because too. but because Ohio State knew that they could go right at him with with two linemen, and and he and he's going to crumble just like any other lineman would. I think if he go if you're if you're David Gettleman and you realize right now I'm reaching for a quarterback and it, I don't feel confident and I but I know I've got that set you know that yeah. that you know pick yeah. and ten ten picks to fall back on. I, I want the guy that is going to be a position of need, highest on my board. Yeah. And some people have heard has, have Devin Bush in the top ten, in the top five. So if he's if he's that high on your board and it's a position of need at a at a critical position for your defense, which is where you're starting to roll out, I think this is a, a happy marriage. Okay, New York Giants taking two Devins in a row, Tampa Bay and New York Giants. I will say uh, to to spoil what I will say later. Other than Kyler Murray, Tony Cavallo has zero first-round grades on any quarterbacks coming out. So I'm excited to see where you have any going. Jacksonville, I know, at number seven will not be taking a quarterback as they just signed Big Dick Nick. Who is the answer to Jacksonville Jaguars' problems? I think this is a happy marriage. I don't have him as high as 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 the seventh overall best player, but I think he is in a position that they need in a style that they want, and that's Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle for the He's Florida Gators. He's big, he's flexible, and he and he and I think he's going to give that team some 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 much stability needed on that on that offensive line, which, you know, you've got more money in your quarterback than you've ever have. You've got a guy like Leonard Fournette. I think this is just a healthy start to to building the the in the areas that Jacksonville needs the most. Because number eight, Detroit Lions, who do you have your team taking? I've got the Detroit Lions. This is such a a Detroit pick. <laughs> And he's high on everybody's board, but he's just again not a sexy pick. And let's remember, the Detroit Lions aren't sexy pickers. Not right now. They're 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 guard tackles. Yeah. They're they're yeah. they're they're meat and potatoes kind of guys. And I think they're going to go in that direction again. I think they're going to go with Jonah Williams, offensive tackle, offensive guard out of Alabama. This guy in 196 snaps gave up three penalties. Mm-hmm. Gave up three bad plays. Three bad plays, not penalties, bad plays. Mm-hmm. So you've got a guy who's coming out of a team like Alabama, coming to a team like Detroit who needs that kind of flexible offensive guard because we got T.J. Lang gone. You yeah. know, you've got Matt Stafford protecting him. I think, to me, this is a good philosophy philosophy fit, met with a need, met with talent. Gotcha. All right, number uh, nine, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, I just think this is great. Ed Oliver, 
defensive tackle. I love him. Houston. I do love Ed Oliver. They need it. They need a guy in the middle. This is a perfect fit for Buffalo. Yeah. You know, he is a very talented young man, has a lot of skill, may not have reached that potential, all of it in college because of scheme, because he wasn't yeah, happy, yeah. whatever. This is, to me, a very, like last year, quarterback Josh Allen from Wyoming. He's a skilled player who needs a lot of work, and I think Buffalo would be happy to have him. Uh, number 10, this is the last one we'll be doing singularly. We'll do the top 10 singles, and then we're going to do fivers for the rest of them. But Denver Broncos at number 10. I really thought Denver finished better than this, but number 10 is a great spot for them to be drafting. They have a lot of places to fill. Who do you have Denver take? They have a lot of places to fill, but I think John Elway is going to gonna let, the as he's shown in the past, let his eyes speak a little bit bigger for his stomach, and I think that's going to be Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio oh State. Oh, my God. Because wow. – I, I, people talk about Drew Locke. People talk about him maybe wanting this person, that person. First of all, let's call it what it is. Dwayne Haskins, no matter who you talk to, ranks out to be one, not very far from Kyler Murray. If you don't have him in the top 10, you've got him at 12. You've got yeah. him at 14. you got to him me, at 15. he's the second best quarterback in this draft. Not, Hands and not down. just Not just on skill, but on like the guy you want as your quarterback or or a future quarterback and if, or something everything i've read about him is 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 he's got his head screwed on straight and he 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 has got his nose in a playbook all not, the time kind of guy not once did i see him make a like a, a play in in college where i went that's an nfl quarterback though not once did i see that and going 10th mm. overall to me is it's going to happen. I, I believe I mean, that he's I could going say, to go I'd that I'd say high. the same thing about Dak Prescott. I, I never saw him see yeah. any plays in college that well, made Dak me go, went in the third here's, round. A guy, here's a guy who's going to go. Uh, but, 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 I mean, but you still, wherever you go, you still, I would hope, as a coach, want to see some flashes of, okay, there's an NFL throw. Yeah. Like, that's a read that you can make in the NFL. Whether you're a first-rounder or a third-rounder, Dak's a guy who's had success in the NFL, you know. And, and, yeah. and so, I, I mean, I guess it's just, I don't know, I don't know if that's the best predictor. I also, yeah, and Elway is a great uh, value of valuer of the quarterback talent, as we know. And and, and let's <laughs> Paxton Lynch. Well, let's also Tara remember too. That's a great point. But that's a great point, and this is one of the reasons why I picked Dwayne Haskins. He's safe. He's safe. Yeah. He's safer. He's safer than most quarterbacks, and they don't have to play him right away. He needs a lot of experience. He's only got 13 starts. He's very. He's very. He's very raw. Yeah. He comes out of a, a program that only had him for one year, but he played really well, and he got 50 touchdowns. He 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 made everybody look bad. Yeah. You know, he had some he had some rough patches here and there, but remember, Dwayne Haskins' strength is truly in his ability to throw balls while under pressure, while in a clean pocket. He's cl- he's a clean. Yeah. Prospect and he and he ranks out um, quite high on, on just about every metric. So he's he's a level playing guy, and I think in a perfect in a year like maybe last year, he maybe would be the fourth or fifth uh, quarterback taken off the board. Yeah. But in this year at number ten, compared to other other years coming, this next couple of years coming up, they may not be drafting ten with a guy like Flacco who could yeah. be who could take them in the playoffs. Getting a guy right now while you're high up, like Haskins at number ten, is a good value pick. Gotcha. All right, let's go eleven through fifteen. The eleventh pick is the Cincinnati Bengals. Twelve is the Green Bay Packers. Thirteen, the new look Miami Dolphins. Fourteen, the Atlanta Falcons, hoping to get back into that Super Bowl trend. And fifteenth, Washington Redskins. Those five teams certainly have a need. Who do you have going eleven through fifteen? I have the Cincinnati Bengals, not a sexy pick, but Andre Dillard, offensive tackle, Washington State. Green Bay Packers at twelve. TJ Hawkinson, tight end, Iowa. That's exactly who I want. Thirteen, Miami Dolphins. Quarterback Drew Locke, oh, Missouri. I mean, they do need a quarterback, but again, I never saw Drew Locke and said that's an NFL player. Fourteen, Atlanta Falcons. 
Greedy Williams, cornerback, Louisiana State. Great name. Not sure if he's a great player. <laughs> Greedy Williams. And last one, 15, Washington Redskins. Brian Burns, edge rusher, FSU. Okay, Dangles, you see anything that jumps out at you there? Uh, just um, that I uh, was in my first year in Jacksonville when the last Missouri quarterback uh, <laughs> who had a lot of hype around him was drafted. His name was Blaine Gabbert. Uh, and <laughs> I honestly don't know what team he's on now. I think the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Yeah, I um, think you're right. I think it's still the Titans. Anyway, he was the last Missouri quarterback to be drafted, and he was supposed to be excellent. Yeah, so Drew, I'm, I'm obviously Drew Locke, not Blaine Gabbert, but... I did not watch a lot of Drew Locke, but again, once it gets down to like bowl season and all that stuff, you start to watch these quarterbacks that get a lot of hype buzz. At no point did I say that kid's a first-rounder, let alone 13th overall to Miami. Miami, though, has a glaring need. Their starting quarterback right now is Harvard graduate Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I cannot remember the last time Ryan Fitzpatrick started all 16 games for an NFL team in one season. So they're going to need to develop somebody. They have a new coach in there. They're going to try and figure it out. Drew Locke, according to the Ballerina, is their answer. You ready to move on there, Brian? You want to defend anything? Yeah, I mean, just to give a little context into Drew Locke, Drew Locke is one of those guys that I think has a uh, high, I'll call it a mid-level floor and a mid-level ceiling. Mm. I think he is a quarterback that can if in the right system with the right pieces around him, with the right style, he's a vertical throwing kind of guy. He has one of the best throwing percentages uh, on deep balls, balls over 20 yards in the last 10 years. Like his arm, his arm deep ball is, is fantastic. People have put him in the category of Denver. I, I just think, again, if that board falls to Denver the way it is, I think it leaves Miami in a situation where Miami has to say, wow, this kid could be pretty good. There's value at, at pick 13. And I think Miami has so many problems right now that there isn't any one singular player that that's going to sit at 13 that they can invest in. Um, real quick on Green Bay, I'd love for them to take TJ Hawkinson. I also want another DN that you haven't said yet. I'll wait till you say his name. But TJ Hawkinson, the last first-round tight end Green Bay took, was one of my favorite players of all time in Bubba Franks. And boy, I'd love to see TJ in a Green Bay uniform. I forgot about Bubba Franks. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see the Patriots make a move up for him. Uh, I think uh, he's potentially. solid as hell. He's, a, he's a great tight end. And obviously, we have a glaring need for I him. Can't, I can't get rid of Jimmy Graham fast enough. But 16 through 20 now. 16 is the Thomas Jones Wortham Carolina Panthers. 17 is New York Giants via the Odell Beckham trade. 18, Minnesota Vikings. Don't know where Minnesota's going, but this pick's going to mean a lot to them. 19, Tennessee Titans. Very similar boat as the Minnesota Vikings. And the 20, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, 16, who you got Carolina taking? Before you even say, before I say who it is, I think Carolina is going to be one of those teams that looks to move up because I think they have the 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 belief that they're a really great team. They're not yep. at their at their level, and I think they're maybe one, maybe two players away. So don't be surprised if they jump up and get a player of need, a natural rusher like a Brian Burns, uh, maybe a corner like Greedy Williams. Um, they could use another wide receiver, but I think ultimately if they sit here, I think based on the value, what they need, I think a guy like Dalton Risner, offensive tackle from K-State would be a wonderful pickup because they need help across the line. They need guys to step up and I think having a guy like this who can swing between a right tackle, potentially Mm -hmm. left but even a right or left guard, gives them flexibility and gives them what they need to help Cam Newton when he comes back healthy. Yep, 17 New York Giants. Here it is. I got hot take for for Alex Cheese Elche here. 
Daniel Jones, quarterback, Duke. I think it's yep. it feels about right. I think it's a reach regardless. I don't think this guy is a first-round talent. I think he's closer to a two, late yep. two, maybe early three. Uh, but I think he has, for whatever reason, a lot of people enamored with him because of maybe – because he's, again, another low mid, mid-level mid floor, mid-level ceiling yeah, kind of guy. he seems like a safe backup pick. A-team, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this one was a little hard because I feel like this is another place where there's a lot of, a lot of need, little specific needs, too. Uh, without maybe the value, but I think a guy like Garrett Bradbury, center from North Carolina State, will be the guy that could help anchor that Minnesota Vikings team. And this is where you start seeing a little bit of the reaching into the guards, the centers. Yep. Uh, that's where you start kind of seeing a little bit more value for that position group. And I think the, the Minnesota Vikings need a little help in the interior. 19 Tennessee Titans. 19. I think this is a fun one. DK Metcalf, wide receiver, Ole Miss. Tennessee needs more options, yep. needs more more playmakers. And having two guys um, at, at the wide, rece- wide receiver position now who could ball out yeah. and a DK Metcalf takes the pressure off of DK because I don't think DK is good enough to go into a situation and be the number one and have double coverage on him I think this you know going into a team like Tennessee where there's a there's other skilled players that are just as good could give him the ability to do a lot early on 20 Pittsburgh Steelers this one was another hard one I'm reaching here but I love it and pro football focus loves it so it's a good enough uh, stamp of approval for me I think Chase Winovich Defensive end, Michigan, yeah. would give them that fun, edgy guy that they love getting at around this time. And 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 he's just, his stats are out of control. He has yeah. better stats than most of the guys coming into the first 12 picks. But just because his, again, his ceiling is a little limited based on his his physical skill set, yeah. but he maximizes his skill set. That's me, a Pittsburgh guy. So the ten, the guy you had Tennessee taking, DK, DK Metcalf, the wide receiver, was the guy I think Carolina is stupid enough to take at 16 because I think he is the biggest bust of this first round and it hasn't even happened. And yet he is a workout monster. His his body is Adonis level. He never, ever, ever got stats as a wide receiver in college. And Carolina and Tennessee are both perfect for them because they always get wide receivers that do not get separation and cannot play at the NFL level. They should be able to. They're, they're measurables are the best in the world, but they never, ever win the one-on-one battles. And DK Metcalf is not going to be a first-round talent at wide receiver, but he will go in the first round. According to the ballerina, he's going at 19 overall at the Tennessee Titans. Are you ready to move on, Dangles? You got any questions over those last no, five picks? No, I think picks? that's I, no, I like it. Let's move. So we're going to do six now because we have 12 picks left. We're going to do six now. 21 first is the Seattle Seahawks. Very interesting about Seattle. They only have four picks this whole entire draft. Yeah. I don't know how you go into a draft that has seven rounds and you only have four picks. Doesn't make any sense to me, but that's where Seattle stands at number 21 overall. 22, Baltimore Ravens helping out Lamar Jackson in that fun run-and-gun team. 23, Houston Texans. 24, Oakland Raiders with their second pick. This one from the Chicago Bears for the Khalil Mack trade. 25, Philadelphia Eagles. So close yet so far to another Super Bowl berth. And 26, a team that came out of nowhere, the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of these teams have some holes to fill. Let's start with Seattle and move it quickly. Seattle, 21. I, I feel really comfortable about where we're getting this territory because these are guys that I think are, are great players, um, But and, and it starts right here. I think Seattle goes with Byron Murphy, cornerback, Washington. 22, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, Jerry Tillery, defensive lineman, Notre Dame. Mm. People have him going high second, mid-second, but... He's been he's been rated out as high as some as some of the b- best defensive tackles like Ed Oliver. Twenty three Houston Texans love this marriage. Noah Fant, tight end, yeah. Iowa. I do too. I do too. Oh man, this team it, hasn't had a tight end for years. Yeah, that'd be fun. Twenty four Oakland Raiders. I again 
don't screw this up. I think there's a really healthy choice here, and I think it's a simple one, knowing their needs. Uh, and the defensive backfield, DeAndre Baker, quarterback, Georgia. So two defensive players for Oakland so far. They still have one more pick remaining, but first, 25 Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is a great pick for the Philadelphia Eagles in a position of need once again. People may not have heard of this guy, but he's rising up draft boards because of his size, and that's David Long, cornerback, Michigan. Hmm. He played really, so really three well. three Michigan players in the first round. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those years for them simply because of the fact that they're hot. Usually Michigan guys are kind of flashes in the pan. And yeah. by the way, we haven't heard a big name, Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary hasn't been so, but I'll, I'll explain once we get there. But I think Michigan has really good skill players, but really good core players that I think a lot, that, that are a position of need. And, and remember, a lot of these guys were high uh, ranked guys out of high school yeah. that that kind of played well but could have played better. So I feel like the NFL is the kind of place where Michigan players land. And they still couldn't beat Ohio State. Lastly, 26, Indianapolis Colts. Oh, man, if they had this guy, I think this would be super happy. I think the Indianapolis Colts pick up on A.J. Brown, wide receiver, Ole Miss. I like him. I think with the Indianapolis Colts need to improve their wide receiving core. Yeah. Um, it's another tiny guy, though, with T.Y. Hilton as well. As a bunch he's of not tiny that tiny. Receivers. He's not that tiny. Yeah. I, th- I, I think you could make an argument that he could be an outside guy yeah. if you needed him to because, to your point earlier about D.K. Metcalf, Metcalf, who didn't have great stats, it's because of this guy. Yeah. You know, this guy This guy picked up the ball a lot and ran with it. Yeah. I think I think if you're – if you're um, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, you can scheme a lot with this guy. All right, let's move on to the final six picks of the first round. There's a lot of interesting teams in here, including your two Los Angeles teams. 27th, however, is the Oakland Raiders once again, this time for the Amari Cooper trade, picking 27th, their third first-round pick. 28th, your Los Angeles Chargers. 29th, the Kansas City Chiefs. 30th, the Green Bay Packers from a trade last year with the New Orleans Saints. 31st, the Super Bowl losers, Los Angeles Rams. And 32, because they won the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots. So let's start with the lowly Oakland Raiders with their third pick. Where are they going? I think Mike Mayock is slamming on the table, knowing, have listened to him for many, many years, talking about value and talking about uh, uh, high-caliber quality guys. This guy's been falling, and people have him as high as number eight to Detroit. I think if he falls down here to to Oakland, and he will because of medical issues, um, they're going to pick him, and that's Montez Sweat, defensive end. Uh, Mississippi State. I was hoping he'd fall to thirty. He's going to be a big piece because, and let's let's tally up Oakland's picks. We've got a corner. Yeah. We've got a defensive uh, defensive juggernaut in Quinn and Williams. Yep. And now we've got Montez Sweat. You just you just changed. Yeah. You just changed the face of your defense in one draft. Yeah. In one draft. In one night. In one night. After all the pickups that you had on offense yeah. uh, in free agency, I think that balances this team out. It gives Derek Carr exactly what he needs, and that is a defense that can stop other teams from scoring and give Derek Carr a chance to manage the game towards a win. Yeah. I think Montez Sweat is going to cause a lot of problems. That defensive line becomes a strength overnight. All right, 28 Chargers. Chargers, here he is. Again, another year where the Chargers take advantage of a guy who who, who was falling and, and and need not to, and that's Rashawn Gary, defensive tackle, Michigan. Yeah, why do you have him falling? Rashawn Gary, uh, his stats are not very great, yeah. and I think people call him, oh, he got coached out of good stats. Uh, when you look at when he's put into a position to make the play, you know he's the guy running the stunt. He's kind of absent yeah he's not always there so there's a there's a there's a lot of question marks about production versus talent and that and that, and we've seen how that kind of plays out in in the nfl 
if you're picking a guy at number ten at that position, it, it tends to burn you in in the long run. You want to, but at twenty eighth yeah. with the Chargers, you take him in a steal because that that's an, an again again another position of need that the Chargers could use like uh, a lot of help with. Twenty ninth, Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs get a another steal here. Again, so much depth in this draft. At a position of need that they lost, and that's Clellan Farrell, defensive end, Clemson. Hmm. Gotcha. 30th, my Green Bay Packers with their second pick of this draft. I think the Green Bay Packers last year experimented with uh, low pick, or rather uh, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick wide receivers. I think they don't, they, don't do I that. think they get this out of the way, and I think they pick Marquise Brown, wide receiver, Oklahoma. He's the guy I hate. He's yeah. the guy I hate. I think he would give Aaron Rodgers the first of all the most prolific wide receiver in this draft class yeah uh the opportunity like the opportunity to have a clear number two receiver who could potentially groom into a number one the, I'm, I'm i'm i was ready to have this conversation at number 12 because i i thought if you didn't take hawkinson you'd have us taking dk metcalf and i'd have to strangle you from across the room but i uh there's no chance in hell green bay takes a first round wide receiver or a wide receiver at all in this draft class until the fifth round because they have five Wide receivers. Other than Devontae Adams, who's the clear number one, they have five wide receivers that they drafted in the last three years in the first four rounds. Yeah. On their team already. And guys they, who have shown that they can play. Equinamia St. Brown and Marquez Valdez Scandling both showed flashes that they could they, they could flashes. Run. They, flashes. They yes, will but that was not, their first year. They will sure. not spend a first round pick or a pick in the first four rounds on a wide receiver that is my Green Bay guarantee. <clears throat> You think that, but the truth is, we don't know what they're going to do yeah. because we don't know their philosophy. Matt yes. Lafleur is kind of a is is enigmatic it, it kind is. of play. It's, it's a new spring, and and I think also too to to bolster that argument, if you want to match value, if he's going to be a smart coach like we saw, and 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 the GM who did a great job in free agency, very frugal, very smart with his yeah. money. I think they they match value with need, and and while it may not be the biggest need, but firepower, consistent firepower, yeah. and in and in, in a league where the Green Bay Packers. Uh, are playing teams like the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions and a better Minnesota Vikings defense with Anthony Barback. They've got to have guys that are going to make people pay, and I don't think any of those guys that they have in the locker room right now, outside of your number one, can can scare the lid off anybody. I, I also hate anyone associated with Antonio Brown. I wouldn't want him in my locker room. Uh, 31, Los Angeles Rams. I think if this guy falls, uh, they're excited, and that is Cody Ford. Uh, offensive tackle, uh, OU. I think they start building for the future. I think this is life after Andrew Whit Whitworth, and I also think they could use him right now, either at the right tackle position, yeah. uh, to fill in for Saffold even potentially. So I think it's a great pick for them. Gotcha. And then last, the Super Bowl champions, Dangles, wake up. Your team is on the clock. I'm here. 32 I'm I'm ready. overall. I can't wait to hear what Brian has for us. There is two guys I could see go here, but I think the one that I would go with, if I were if I were uh, good old Bill, um, it would be Christian Wilkins, defensive lineman, Clemson. I think he could go really high in this draft, but if he's at this position right now, you get a position of need. You get a guy who comes from a uh, uh, which we know uh, Belichick loves, guys from high-caliber winning programs like Clemson, and he was an All-American, was a stud. I think he has some maybe – I think he's a one-note player, mm. but at the end of the day, though, I think he, they stick him straight in the middle – 
they they coach him up. They get him to the point where they can, where he's a little bit more versatile than what he was used at Clemson. Remember, he had Clint Farrell next to him. He had some other great players around him. He didn't have to be multi multifaceted like he's going to have to be in New England. I think Bill Belichick coaches him up. He's a very coachable player, high caliber guy, high motor guy. Was a captain. Everybody loved him. I think he's a Bill Belichick guy. No, very- I, I I I like I like that. I would like to see them try and make a move on a tight end in yeah. this. I mean, that's that is to me that is the number one position of need for them now. Yeah. Again, we know how much Tom Brady likes to rely on that and especially given at least right now what that wide receiver core looks like yes they just signed Demarius Thomas he's not a world beater he will help out with Julian Edelman and and, and Philip Dorsett but those are your guys those are the three right there it's Edelman Philip Dorsett and DT now um the other guys the other guys you know aside from Braxton Berrios who is a a, a wide yeah yeah serious I have no idea who, who these other wide receivers on the Patriots are so I would really like to see them go in the in the direction of a tight end I wouldn't be upset if they help bolster that uh, defensive line after losing Flowers and Malcolm Brown. Um, but uh, tight end, to me, that is that is the position. And I, I would really like to see them make a move to get to get to get a quarterback in this draft too. Maybe later on, maybe somebody who's not a flashy name. But again, you know, I wanted to see them tra- draft someone last year, and they took Danny Etling in the seventh round, who's now on the practice squad. Tom Brady, again, I've said this. To ad nauseum on this podcast. Patriots fans are going to wake up one Sunday morning, and Tom Brady's not going to be the starter anymore. And we're going to have to have a plan for that. It's okay. You're going to have Josh what? Rosen. I love it. I can't wait to see what happens. That is the Ballerina's big board. Uh, it'll be Thursday night. Thursday night on ESPN, on NFL Network, wherever you want. We will have the first round of the NFL draft, and I cannot wait to see all 32 picks go the ballerina's way. I got to thank you for let me, having me the opportunity to uh, get this on the record. So oh, if yeah. something does fall and it oh, does yeah. land, uh, we've got you we've got. Say, you can say I told you so. I, yeah. It doesn't. It's got, it it's in first. writing someplace. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Appreciate you guys entertaining. And you I, have beaten all the experts in past years yes, as yeah. far as correct picks. Yeah, so it would absolutely. not surprise either of us uh, uh, here in the studio, Tony or myself, if you were to do that again. That's no. the beauty of the draft. Yeah. You never really know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. And I, and, and with a with a big huge asterisk to this particular mock track draft i expect i expect that this year might break the trade in the trade record in one round yeah i could see the first round uh this year being the most trades in a first round ever mm. because i think with last year we learned with quarterbacks that if they're they're there at the top people don't want to move because you're usually voted you're usually uh, uh getting the first second or third fourth pick because you don't have a quarterback yeah that is not the case this year so there's going to be a lot of movement for players that i think people might have higher on their list that they're jumping ahead of to try to get to get that one tight end that one defensive lineman that 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 one skill player that outside linebacker that that could be the difference for you to make a difference in your in yeah. your division that that ends up leading to wins in the playoffs and we shall see i can't wait thank you for joining us on our little free agency and ballerina big board mashup uh we will be back soon to give you some off-season love because it's still a long long hard summer until the nfl picks back up again but for now as dangles breaks his phone i am tony cavallo matthew dangles d'angelo antonio brian the ballerina balzarini and we leave you with a draft hardy ram it
Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on.